You're listening to G4D, Grounds for Discussion, a weekly music podcast hosted by your two most caffeinated hosts, Adam and John. So sit back, relax, pour yourself a cup of coffee, and enjoy the following episode. Just a little uh, quick snap chatteroony right there. Snap chatteroony. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> that just not flow whatsoever. Snap chatteroony. <laughs> and cheese. <laughs> I also noticed that I ended my streak with our good buddy Chad. Down to five. Oh. Yeah. Dang. Oh, man. I'm a bad millennial. Wow. Well. So, so bad. Wow. We're, we're at 411. <laughs> That's pretty good. Four eleven. Investigate four eleven. <laughs> oh man, D- do you think three eleven would have shown up at um that uh, recent alien stock? I'm surprised thing? they weren't headlining it. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> that seems like their uh, demographic right there. Tom DeLong should have came out of his uh, cave. <laughs> they, wait, they found aliens. Yeah, apparently. they did. I saw yeah. that. Yeah. And they well. Used, like, ufos ufos but uh yeah those videos which how did he get those who knows tom Tom DeLong, man what a life he is leading was that blink 182 song aliens exist there's something in the bathroom i think think he's touring with angels and airwaves again yeah like how much do you have to hate blink 182 to want to be in a u2 cover band apparently a lot I, I don't know. Blink-182 just put out a new album, too. Oh, they did? It's called Nine. Oh, boy. I can think of nine reasons why I don't want to listen to it. hey Oh. Oh, I know. That was too easy. That was that was a you joke. Yeah, that was yeah, it's totally my brand. What are you doing? And, and that was totally his brand, Mr. Adam. Mr. John, here on G4D, a.k.a. Grounds. For discussion. discussion. We mixed it up there. Yeah, that was that was different. Yeah, that was. What are our fans gonna do? I, I, I don't know. I I I feel like we we've changed positions here. Oof. I feel like I should be the one saying sarcastic remarks and you just laugh at them. Ha 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 ha. Ha ha ha. Yeah, yeah, actually that's pretty accurate. That's about the same way I laugh. <sighs> Something like that. Along those lines. <laughs> very close, very close. <laughs> well, we are back once again. With another episode. Two album reviews. As always. As usual. always. It seems to be the current trend. Yeah, it, it God, is. There, there is so much music out. I, we keep saying this every episode, but geez, like I have so much on my list that I need to get to still. I have. There's a new Wilco album that came out. What? Yeah. What else came out? Oh How gosh. did that skip my radar? Oh yeah, it's called every, well, it's called Everyone Hides. So I guess it was hiding in your uh, suggested music here. <laughs> there you go. Um, the roles are back into their original place. God, what else is there? There's just so much. So we'll be talking on this episode about the latest album from Lana Del Rey, Norman Effin Rockwell. Remember, folks, this is a family show. Maybe everyone says Effin. Can we change it? <laughs> Maybe like Norm. 
Norman Cluckin Rockwell. <laughs> there we go. Norman Cluckin Rockwell. Norman Cluckin Rockwell. <laughs> <laughs> now I want Lana Del Rey to say that in a song. Norman Cluckin. <laughs> that was really good. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Every once in a while. Because there's I have my one thing moments. that Lana Del Rey loves doing in her spare time, it's listening to a podcast hosted by two white men. <laughs> And then the other album we'll be covering is Whitney with their second album, Forever Turned Around. Whoa. Yeah. So I think we are both very excited to talk about these albums because, quite frankly, there's going to be a lot, I think, to say about them. I think so, too. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was actually talking about this with someone the other day. That sometimes we cover these big albums like Lana Del Rey, Tool, Taylor Swift, because, you know, we need it for the listens. We got we got to do it for the fans. We know you'll clicky clicky yeah. on iTunes or Stitcher or Google Music or Spotify or our website g4dpodcast.com. See what I did there? Yeah. See what I did there? Classic. It was like a relay race there, except instead of passing over the baton, I was handing over the mic. Ooh. See. I checked that mic. <laughs> one two one two. <laughs> Sounds great. Oh. I have to tell you something. So before we go into the album reviews, I was listening to a podcast that isn't ours, um, Double Toasted. It's one of my regular podcasts I listen to. They're based out of Austin. Great podcast. I really always like listening to them because they review like the latest movies typically Mm -hmm. and other crazy news that's going on. Anyway, they actually reviewed the movie for the fanatic they reviewed the movie the fanatic oh lord yes the fred durst movie with john travolta that's been getting it's like a horror (laughs) drama movie right it sounds like it's you know like the room level bad oh i need it (laughs) i need it so bad (laughs) exactly i've seen clips online and this movie just looks absolutely beautiful (laughs) <laughs> there's a great video that consequence consequence of sound posted interviewing john travolta about the biscuit songs he's like one of these days shooting in the eye it's like oh it's it's nookie <laughs> and speaking of that podcast and it's ended only- up playing that song and wouldn't you know it i found myself listening to nookie wow how'd you feel awful <laughs> yeah was it before or after he rhymed nookie with cookie <laughs> talking about the he said she said ball whoop. i just i was listening to it and i was kind of like all right i get why this was a big hit in the back in the day because it definitely is like one of those kind of rock songs where it's like you're jumping around and it's got a really goofy goofy chorus but i listened to it and i'm just like why did i listen to this when i was younger why why you know, it's it remains a mystery, but look into these eyes. You there was see um, the size of the flames. There was a when I listened to a lot of mashups. There was one guy who mashed up the song "Fireflies" by Owl City and Nookie together. Oh no! Yeah, actually, it worked out pretty well. Oh. Uh, one thousand fireflies. Ugh. <laughs> like that's how the guy sings. Yeah. It's it's just a whinier version of the postal service. <laughs> Oh, man. Like, what a massive ripoff, too. Hey, I like what those guys did on that one album. I want to do the exact same thing. Ugh, speaking of ripoff, I know we haven't talked in a while, but have you heard of this new Green Day song? No. Oh, good Lord. Please tell me 
it is as awful as I think it's going to be. Well, John, <laughs> boy, are you in luck tonight. Let's see here. Maybe I can play like a little clip it of here. Uh, well, first of all, I should mention that Green Day is going on tour with Weezer and Fall Out Boy. Yeah, I, I saw that. And like uh, make 90s punk pop great again, I guess. <laughs> Anyway, this song is called Father of All, dot, dot, dot. Um, the album cover here, picture the American idiot, you know, at the hand of the grenade. Yeah. But the grenade is kind of off screen, and it's cartoon, and there's a unicorn vomiting a rainbow. Looks sure. Like. Yeah. Why not? So here, I'll play a little uh, clip it. Oh, no. It's like, okay. Right? And then. Very simple chords. What is this? <laughs> this almost sounds like that song. Sounds like Muse. I'm a rebel with a kickstand. <laughs> is that like, what he says with a kickstand? I, I don't know. I'm making up the lyrics. I thought it was, ooh, I'm a rebel just for kicks, man. I, yes, it's probably that. What is he? Hold on. I, now I, I need to look at that up. What's it called? Feel It Still, right? Yeah. By yeah. Portugal the Man. I, I, I was making up the lyrics. That's what I do on this show. I, <laughs> I, it just sounds better that way. I'm, I'm oh, a rebel we were, with a kickstand. We were both sort of wrong. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, I'm a rebel just for kicks now. I'm uh, feeling, feel, I've been feeling, been feeling it since 1966 now. Oh, man. And then... Yeah, yeah, but but that's what that sounded like. It sounded like Green Day was like, all right, we gotta you know make ourselves a little bit more relevant with the times, so let's try and mimic a song that was really. Why don't we play music like we did when we were in Dookie? No, no, the kids want pop punk and eyeliner. Stop. Yeah, they they want to wear their black shirts (laughs) and red dyes and hate George Bush. <laughs> hmm, American idiot. I wonder who that's about. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, it's almost the end of September, so I guess we gotta wake me up. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> when September ends. I, I I remember my dad told me like Green Day is like the band that plays at your prom like that the the right like that's that's like the same level of talent right like i mean they in their heyday green day were great the first two albums oh, first sure. two or three albums are great and they just kind of took a different direction with the rest of it although sure. it was interesting because when american idiot came out they originally recorded a full other album which apparently was much worse <laughs> but then someone stole it and then they wrote american idiot that's how that all kind of happened. Yeah. Why, why can't Tom DeLong find that album? Because <laughs> it's with the aliens that he hasn't discovered yet. <laughs> the UFOs took the Green Day, unreleased Green Day album, broadcast it into space, and Tom DeLong's ultimate journey is to get it back. The aliens were going to invade us, but then once they heard that album, they were like, nah, we're good. <laughs> They're going to take care of themselves. <laughs> He's going to be on Ancient Aliens now. Aliens. Uh, uh, yeah, um, I. It's just because like they've got that sound where like lead singer can just kind of cover any song. Tom DeLonge. No, no, no. no. Talking talk about Green Day. 
Oh, Billy Joel. Yeah, Armstrong. Billy Joel. Because he's got Bill- like a very pop friendly. Why do I always want to call him Billy Joel Armstrong? I, I always want to do that too. It's Billy Joe, right? Billy Joe. Billy yes. Joe. Yeah, it's it's not Billy Joel because it's because <laughs> that's the actual good singer, not <laughs> not the pop punk singer that. Oh my gosh. What, what what's that song that they do? My mind is what was it? my mind is numb. Oh, brain stew. Yes. Down out. Down out. Down out. Down out. Down out. Down out. I learned to play a chromatic scale. Down out. Down out. Down out. To the distortion up to the full. Down out. Down out. Down out. <laughs> What's my palm you <laughs> Hey man You can say what you will about that song But that song's a hit And here we are in my apartment Recording our cute little podcast <laughs> Green Day is soaking it up in their Hot Foxborough hot tubs in there <laughs> In their Foxborough hot tubs I'm glad you got that <laughs> Hey, man, Trey Cool's last name is Cool for a reason, brah. <laughs> Trey Cool has changed the color more. <laughs> that's great, man. Trey Cool's hair color has changed more times than of episodes we've recorded of this podcast. <laughs> that's true. That's really true. Uh, Ten Buck says he now has a faux hawk of some sort. I Should, guarantee. Let me just look up. Let me do a quick Google search of just like. Green Day 2019. Are you sure you want to do that? You're just going to be served up with Green Day ads from here on in. Uh, You're going to be pre-ordering that album on puke green vinyl. I'm a glutton for punishment. (laughs) Oh, man. Wow. American Idiot is 15 years old. Yeah. Jeez. Uh Feel old yet? I'm getting there. This picture is Billy Joel Armstrong with the middle finger and Donald Trump next to him. Sure. Of course. <laughs> Green Day singer draws no inspiration from Trump on new album. Right. I believe that. <laughs> like, Is this this might be the most current version. Okay, so it's maybe, like what color is that? Aquamarine? It, 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 he looks like a member of No Doubt right now. That's what he looks yeah, like. Yeah. Right? A little checkered suit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> checkered suit oh my gosh yeah. <laughs> they sell those on amazon probably <laughs> oh good i know what not to buy <laughs> oh jeez. oh man this uh, i'm sorry i'm in rare form already i i i, I apologize uh, I, di- I did not mean to be like this i don't know I don't know if it's just because we're recording on a Monday, you know, beginning of the week, you know, got to get back into the routine, Mm -hmm. but I am excited to talk to you about this first album, Lana Del Rey's Norman Cluckin Rockwell. That's right. (laughs) Official name, by the way. Yeah, let's keep it. So for those of you who do not know who Lana Del Rey is, well, I'm jealous. No, I'm kidding. Wow. Tell me how you really feel. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. See, I told you it was role reversal this time around. Usually that's something that you would say. Right. <laughs> and, and and you're the one with the terrible experience with her, too. Oh, should I uh, talk about the night I saw Lana Del Rey? 
It, it, it's funny too because someone that I work with mm-hmm. actually went to that same concert. Friend oh. of the show, Brittany. Shout yeah. out to you, Brittany. She went to the exact same show and said it was like overbooked. She had like people with like all sweaty and sticky hair on her and everything like oh that. Oh my god, yeah. It was at Hard Rock Live at mm-hmm. you know, Universal City Walk. And for those of you who are familiar with the area, picture the globe, you know, a spinning globe. The line to get in was all the way back there. Ugh. Yeah. And she oversold it. She played pretty much I think there was an opener maybe. I really don't remember, but she played shortly after the opener for about maybe less than an hour. And then she kind of left and said, thank you. And that was it. And uh, the line was still out the door by the time she went on. And people were like, oh, my gosh, it's starting. Ah." But, like, Lana Del Rey has this appeal about her and this, like, cult-like goddess-like status. Yes, she does. And it really entices her fans and her music and her inspiration. She's known for kind of having a, like, 1950s or 1960s Americana vibe yeah, but a lot of like this semi woe is me kind of i'm yeah. beaten and broken and there's you know. glamour there's melancholia there's yeah. pop culture she's a girl who grew up listening to notorious big and also being a fan of james dean movies yeah like that's that's her in a nutshell it's like a persona almost oh it's very much a persona although don't tell her that and she'll go on a you know five tweet tirade against you oh boy and she debuted in the scene with born to die i remember that one well it's technically not her debut but that's the album that really it took her off yeah Yeah, it had video games and a couple other big hits on there yeah her previous album was self-titled but that really didn't blow up like born to die is really the the breakout album i should say not the debut album Mm -hmm. from her and, you know, she's been steadily coming out with music every couple of years now. Ultraviolence in 2014, Honeymoon in 2015, Lust for Life in 2017. And now here we are with Norman Clucking Rockwell. <laughs> so I'm going to be honest with you here, Adam. Okay. All right. I tried. Oh, I tried Ooh, here we I go. tried very, very hard to not like this album. Oh 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 whoa. <laughs> oh, oh, what? What? Huh? Huh? It's, so so it's you were ru- you were rooting against it. Only in the sense that I understand that Lana Del Rey I actually had fun with Born to Die. Like I like video games. When that song broke out, I was like, "Whoa!" I have it on vinyl. Oh, nice. Yeah. I was like, I really like this song. I don't know what it is about it, but I dig her voice. She's I got dig- this like aesthetic to her. Yeah, and she when does. she uses her aesthetic right, it works. Agreed, uh, agreed, sir. And video games is just kind of like, it's kind of like this observation of just kind of like finding escapism while there's destruction all around you. It's such an interesting video because it's very lo-fi, just clips of violence. Meanwhile, she's just there, like, kind of swaying back and forth while the camera's on her. I hope I'm remembering that correctly. That sounds right. Yeah. No, or, or maybe I just imagined it, you know. Who who doesn't have lots of dreams about Lana Del Rey, after all, right? Um, but what? It, what? You, what? You, you don't? No. Okay, so that's just me. 
I guess that's just you. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I I was hoping you were going to say yes, too. So. Nope. <laughs> nah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But for real, though, um, I just was coming into this just like, ugh, that album title. Oh, look, there's Jack Nicholson's grandson. Oh, look. Oh, is that who that is? Yes, that is. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. You can, you can see the resemblance there, too, right? Now I can. You know, and... You know, you, you look at some of these song titles. Well, because, you know, she has, she's built this persona about her. Yeah. And her last album, not that it was bad, but, like, there's only so much of it you can take, I feel like, in the persona, in the world. And just to have the her, she's built this aesthetic, you know, the 1950s kind of, like, chill jazz kind of bad girl who I am. And then she calls her album Norman Cluck and Rockwell. And it's, like, really, like... Okay, you're you're pushing this t- image too hard. Yes, but then you She's listen. Got a song on there that's Venice, Venice uh, Witch, Venice Witch, Venice yes. Witch, <laughs> and but then you listen to it and you're like, wow, this this works. Yeah, it's good. It's really good. it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I, I was it doesn't like, feel overly pretentious. It, no, it it moves when it needs to move, and you know, it's an hour long, but like. She does little things in each of the songs that keeps it interesting and on its toes. And I feel like this is the most real she's felt. Yeah. Like that persona has kind of really she's gone com- away quite a lot. She's completely embraced it, but made it musically pleasing in a contextual album. Like her sense of humor is still there, which is one of the things that I has, I've always thought has worked really well about her, but it doesn't sound like, I don't know, like someone's trying too hard. It's not forced. Yeah, it's not forced. Like, again, I'm not saying like something like that can't be enjoyed for what it is, but this one really feels like this is her at her most authentic, at her her most just very much like stripped down. A lot of these songs are pretty like low key, very down tempo. Mm -hmm. And I also really thought that this album kind of had like this narrative that was woven throughout it she like basically about somebody who goes off to california to escape because they have this ideal image in their head that that's where you go mm-hmm. you know it's this to beautiful be. yeah. yeah this beautiful place a hollywood glitz and glamour venice beach and all this kind of stuff but really you're not able to escape yourself and all the problems that you bring there really could just become more compounded or sometimes Like, it really shines a spotlight on it, really showing that you have it even much worse than you initially thought. Yeah, and it kind of fits her whole attitude and her persona and her charm, and it makes sense. And when she can speak to that and live it, it, it's it's a great result. And I think the thing that I appreciated the most about this album is that there's just really strong choruses throughout this. She does a really good job of, like, not only building up to the crescendo of these songs, but just building upon it too. Mm -hmm. So just little hints of just, okay, I'm not just going to, you know, have it verse chorus, you know, that whole Yeah, Sometimes the songs, you know, go for an extended jam towards the end, or there's different, you know, choruses that she sings in each of them. There are little flourishes that from a production standpoint that really elevate this album too as well. And again, I know we've talked about this guy earlier, Jack 
Antonov. Yep, he just did Taylor Swift's album. And I know he's done stuff with St. Vincent, too, as well. This guy's just on a roll, and he keeps on bringing out the best in these pop stars. This one especially, because I think there's just something really, really almost like ethereal. Is that a, is that a word? Yeah, and he, he gets it. So yeah. when you when you have someone who gets in can hone in on the style and sound, it, it sounds great. Because the thing about Lana Del Rey's Americana is that it's not picturesque, which is why the title of this album works. Because Norman Rockwell, you think like idyllic American paintings, right? Yeah. Like, you know, you think of, did, did he do Whistler's Mother? Is I think that, so. Is, is that Norman Rockwell? Maybe. I, I, I could be wrong. But either way, like... You know, like there, there's a bit on 30 Rock that basically says like, you know, one of the characters says to another, like, you know, and I know this is taken out of context, but you still get the joke saying like just how Norman, Norman Rockwell always drew it. Like just basically talking about like you associate this idealist, idyllic American portrait. And the thing is, Lana Del Rey is not that she comes off as being damaged she comes off as being attracted to the wrong people which is established right from the very beginning of her <laughs> song norman cluck and rockwell self-titled i feel like when she's more in your face about her persona it works more when she's just like kind of standoffish like some of her other albums she doesn't really like fully get into it but like when she's committed to it then it hits and especially the elements of california on this album even with the sublime cover so I didn't realize this was on the album. I didn't either. Which is like, it's like a nice break. I really liked it because it transitions and you're like, oh yeah, it's on the time. And so, dare I say it's better than the original? I agree. Yep. I completely agree. And and I don't even mean that necessarily as a dig against Sublime. I mean, Sublime is just one of those bands that hasn't aged well for me. But yeah. if I had to listen to a Sublime song, I'd probably choose doing time because it's, you know, just got a good chill vibe to it. I I'm sorry, that just sounded really bro-y, but yeah. you, you know what I'm saying. It's a lot less uh, rapey vibes in it, <laughs> for being honest. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. You know, every once in a while, that's one of those questions that comes up on Facebook. You know, what what cover is better than the original? Everybody oh, yeah. always says the Marilyn Manson cover of, what is it? Beautiful People? Beautiful People. What? Or, no, 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 you're thinking. No, wait. no, uh, Personal Jesus. Well, he did Personal Jesus. He also did Some of Them Want to Use You. Some oh, I didn't know he did that. Some of Them Want I'm to pretty sure it's Personal Jesus. Sweet Dreams. You're thinking it's Sweet Dreams. Okay, yeah. By uh, what is it, Soft Cell. Yeah. You know that song I've been listening to that's way better than the original? What? <laughs> this is going to be bad. The uh, Tari's Boys of Summer. <laughs> it's so much better than the Don Henley version. My favorite is You got your hair pulled back in those Wayfarers on baby <laughs> Oh actually my favorite is when they uh, In the Don Henley version He's like out on the road today I saw a Grateful Dead sticker on a Cadillac And it's like ugh And the Atari <laughs> version is like Out on the road today I saw a black flag Sticker on a Cadillac so yeah. like the the two thousands era equivalent of Grateful Dead is Black Flag, I guess. <laughs> Apparently, mm. <laughs> who knew? I actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, I've definitely seen quite a few people with stickers of Black Flag. Yeah. 
So I, I, I guess so that that's makes the sense. four one, right? I like the parody yes, shirts of yes. those. Yeah, yeah, me too. The one that just says parody parodies. shirt. Wait, that's actually what it I says. I think so. <laughs> one of my favorites I've seen is one that says Beach Boys on it. Yeah. Yeah. That that's awesome. Pretty, that one's pretty good. Yeah, so I'm right there with you. Like doing time like is a genuinely well done cover from top to bottom. Again, can't stress how well the production values on this album is very, very strong. And doing time, like I found myself listening to that song again. Oh again. yeah, it definitely stands out she on really its own. She really adds something to it. She really does. I mean, I never would have thought I'd be saying those words like, oh, well, that Lana Del Rey cover of Sublime's Doing Time is quite <laughs> she, exquisite. <laughs> yeah, and I think we can probably jump into the final thoughts here. Like, you know, like Don was saying just now, like you don't expect it, but when it works, it works. And I think that's what this whole album is. It's just like she really digs into her persona. She's ready to explore some new ideas with new songs and Oh, the piano ballads on this are just beautiful. It yes. Just, oh, it sounds like she recorded it like in a concert hall or something and the echoes and the reverb she's getting. But yeah, this this album really fits her aesthetic and her vibe and definitely is the epitome of it. And I'm very curious to see what she does next. If it'll be something similar or her sound and style will change. But yeah, I'm definitely going to give this an own it. Yeah, man. Um, I, I was nervous also prior to reviewing this with you because I was almost afraid that you would not agree with me because quite honestly I've been listening to this nonstop since we so talked good. about started listening to it. I I am just genuinely surprised in a way I didn't think I would be in that this is the kind of Lana Del Rey that I'd like better. The one that's more downtrodden, the one that's definitely more melancholy. I you know, like some of her big hits like summertime sadness and stuff like that i get where they're enjoyable as their own as a single but but on the whole album it's like it's not there no this is like her first full awesome conceptual album yeah i'm I'm not gonna pretend to be an expert on any of her other stuff i've listened to some of the stuff on some of the other albums but the one that i'm prior to this one that i'm most familiar with is is born to die And, and i guess my big takeaway that i took from born to die was like all right Here's someone who has, I think she has a beautiful voice. I mean, oh, for we, sure. We joke around, but we, we joke around about everybody's singers, every singer's voice. So, you know, like, Lana Del Rey is not excluded from that. <laughs> but the, the thing that I took away from that album was like, okay, she needs to kind of find what she's going to do with this style a little bit more and i think this is the apex of what i've heard from her i i was genuinely captivated from beginning to end on this and this might actually be one of the favorite my favorite things that i've heard this year i know right i was on the fence about what i want to give it (sighs) i don't know if i can give it gotta have it okay okay i'm i'm close strong own it very very strong own it very very strong i that might change and i will gladly state that but yeah i mean there are just so many songs here when she gets real about herself there's a song on here called love song it easily could have been cheesy it easily could have been thrown away but it was essentially just kind of like lana del rey at her most vulnerable Mm -hmm. and she strips those layers back and it really brings her out it does 
It does. I mean, she's in on it too. You know, she doesn't take herself too, too seriously. Which is one of the things I'm glad you brought that up because that's, that's probably one of the reasons why I love this album so much is that it finally is kind of her coming to grips with, I need to be a little bit more self-aware. I need to like, she's 34 now. She's born in 1985. So it's like, you got to start losing some of the, you know, things that you did earlier in your career. Like, come on. It, it was time. And I think this is her really kind of taking it to a new level. And I'm right there with you, man. I'm excited. I hope she continues with this. I did see some Lana Del Rey fans or just, you know, people who were checking out the album in general online saying like, oh, what? You, you can't dance to this. And it's like I don't know. Well, you can you can vibe to it. I feel you like you can't can. really. Uh, I mean, that hey, something new. When she did it new, she did it well. She she did it extremely well. Color yeah. me surprised. I, yeah, man. Norman Cluckin Rockwell. Norman Cluckin one, Rockwell. One of my favorite albums this year. Did not see myself saying that. <laughs> oh, man, I. I think I need a minute album, Adam. I, I I don't know how I got here. Right? Like, how did this happen? Hey, it's, it's stranger things have happened. And speaking of stranger things, before we jump into Whitney here, can we please talk about this Don't Call Me an Angel song? What? Wait, have you not heard it? Oh, that's right. The Charlie's Angels song that Lana Del Rey it. did with Miley Cyrus and Ariana Grande? I, I haven't heard it, oh. and I'm kind of nervous, too. Okay, well... well We'll hold it for next week, but okay. listen to it and watch the music video, and I need to hear your thoughts on this. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> Usually when Adam tells me something like that, I'm in for a trip. <laughs> <laughs> you sure are. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, let's go on to our next album review here. Well, I'm having a good time with you tonight, buddy. Yeah, man. It's yeah. Monday. We're doing yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So our next album is from Whitney Forever turned around. Pride so, of Chicago. Pride of Chicago. They even had a Whitney Day. Oh, did they? Oh, yeah. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, they did. So, for those of you who do not know who Whitney are, shame on you, because they put out one fantastic album three years ago, uh, Light Upon the Lake. Yes, yep. Light Upon the Lake. Fantastic album. Love that album. It's kind of like a... It's a good summer jam album. It is. Great indie rock vibe to it. That just it was like they're a big band, but it was like lo fi. It's yeah. very chill, it's very atmospheric, kinda like it's almost yacht rock in a way. It's very it's like indie yacht rock. Yeah. That's it a good is. way to describe it. Mm-hmm. We saw them when we saw Flea Foxes. They opened up No, Phoenix. Phoenix. Phoenix, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. That's right. Whitney opened up for Phoenix. Yeah. That was a great show. That was such a great show. Oh, what a fun night. Yeah. Like I th- I would dare say that's kinda gone down as like an indie classic. Yeah. Already? I would say. I, I think it's very much beloved. So now they're back three years later. And this is, I, I think I need to preface here. I think you do need to go into this with tempered expectations. Not that I'm saying that the album is bad. Not not saying that at all. It's a very different Whitney album. Not in a bad way, but a... You know, their first album had a very fun, atmospheric kind of vibe to it. You know, kind of like, you know, you're driving down the road, the window's mm-hmm. down, everything's happy and good. And, you know, there's some like, you know, reminiscing about, you know, going back to the golden days or things yeah. like that. But 
this album is a little more mature and it's a little more low key kind mm-hmm. of there's not those big brass fun moments that give it life it's a yeah. lot of kind of mellow sounds a lot more you know piano and vocal focus than indie lullabies yeah that's probably a good way to describe it yeah completely agree yeah. i th- i think you know all the things that you like about them are still there yeah it's not like a total divergence from what they've done before but the previous album was definitely an album about like discovering who you are and embracing that happiness there now in this second album is it's like well we're content with who we are and this is kind of you know becoming more comfortable in our own skin Mm -hmm. and not letting others bring us down so it's it's it it's a nice progression in a way if you listen to the albums back to back, which I actually ended up doing with this one. Oh, nice. So, and you, you definitely, to your point, see a sense of like growing from them. But yeah, I, I, I will totally agree with you on the comment. It is definitely much more low key. Yeah. Throughout. Um, I also just kind of felt like, okay, not that I'm necessarily bored by this, but I definitely felt like this it, is more of a relaxing album. Yeah, it's, it's kind of one of those albums you put on and it makes you think. Yeah, like you I would know, agree like their that. first album is just a lot of fun. It's a fun album. There are some more mellow moments on there, but you know, it's equalized out by brass or just mm-hmm. different drums or things yeah. like that. But this one's just kind of like it's like a jazz lounge kind of sort of feel. Like you're with some country twang in there. This too. is like you're sitting on the porch on a on a thursday late evening just contemplating life yeah i, I got that vibe a lot drinking i can some see tea. that yeah i i think one of their music videos that they had for this it was like them at like a county fair but like a county fair you'd see it like i don't know D- des moines idaho or something like that you iowa <laughs> yeah oh. did i what did i say idaho oh i said idaho yeah oh well idaho but um <laughs> yeah it's 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 enjoyable yeah for for what different. it is it it definitely just if you were coming into this expecting like oh i can't wait to see what kind of really fun upbeat songs i do this time around you're <laughs> looking in the wrong place yeah this is this is definitely kind of like all right we're it, gonna do it our almost own makes thing it here. a different band in that way like it the does. sound and style are kind of still there but just the a happier, more energetic elements of what make Whitney Whitney are not in this album. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but you know, a lot of the songs kind of blend together. There's not much variety in the sound Yes. where the other album kind of had other elements that made it shine more. Yes. I, I definitely think that other album too has much more memorable lyrics in it as well. I didn't think that some of the choruses on here were as memorable mm-hmm. as the prior album. And I don't want to keep on making it seem like I'm comparing this one to that one. But I, I I just think that, unfortunately, there are a lot of Whitney fans that were very hyped up about this that I've seen just kind of underwhelmed because that other one is just held in such high regard. Yeah. They're both going for very, very different things. I would agree with that. And before I get into my final thoughts here, um, I just kind of wanted to point out that they still have a instrumental track on here, mm-hmm. which, you know, I think I, I always enjoy from them. But the album is only 32 minutes long. So it definitely also feels like 
not, I, I, I hate I hate to sit here and say the album is short because I'm always much rather have an album be shorter and have the material that's there be stronger. But well, the only the first one was only thirty minutes, so oh, technically this is longer. Yeah. See, see that just kind of like. I guess maybe that just kind of proves my point then. I just kind of felt like with this album, there's just not as much substance. Yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of the songs kind of, you know, like I was saying, blend into each other and kind of sound the same. You know, there's not much variety going on. Yeah. I I, I would, I would, I, it's one of those kind of albums where like, if I saw it at a discounted rate on vinyl, I would get it because it's like, all right, I'm going to get some mileage out of this. This would be like a good Sunday morning album. Yeah. That's exactly what so this definitely one is. a good Sunday morning brunch album. If the the other album was definitely more like you could put it on your car and have the windows down. There's you even can a drive song. around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could drive around. Tell you. Yeah, see, see. <laughs> you, you got where I was going with that. All right, so I went last last time, so I'll go first this time. Um, if you're a Whitney fan, I think you'll still enjoy this. If... You are trying to get into this band for the first time. I recommend their prior album, Light Upon the Lake, first. I think what's here isn't necessarily a step in the wrong direction. It's just kind of like, well, we don't want to do anything too flashy. We kind of want to just... We, we just got a mellow vibe going along here, and we just kind of want to ride it. We just want to kind of stick with, with being us. We don't want to be anything larger than life. We don't want to be anything... You know, that we're not. This is us embracing who we are. And, you know, right now we're we're just kind of we're kind of chill. We we did all the, you know, more upbeat stuff on the last album. And this one's kind of the cool down album. So still enjoyed it for what it's worth. And I still think it gets a buy it from me. Um, I, I, I just I just wish I kind of felt like I would want to keep on coming back to some again and again. And. Maybe I'll find some more enjoyment as time goes along, but as it stands right now, it it's it's enjoyable for for what it's worth. But I don't think it has the same kind of charm in it that I, that I would have liked from these guys that I know they can deliver. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. I'm gonna give it a download it by it as well. But um, similar, t- I'm gonna compare them to Vampire Weekend really quick. So when Vampire Weekend dropped that first album, you know. Then they came out with Contra, the second album. You know, it was it took the sounds and styles, but amplified it more. Mm-hmm. Not that that's bad or different, but like it helped them more, and it it really explored the possibility of what they could do. And I feel like Whitney did not explore that option on this one as yeah. much as they could have. Not saying it's a bad album because the music they put out is great, but it just it seems like a different step for them. Not necessarily bad or good, just kind of okay, I see what you're doing. I get it. You want to explore this, but like there was like an element of fun and dance to them that like really shines. And I feel like they lost a lot of that in this album. They found a comfort zone and they just decided to kind of stick with it. It's like, you know, this is what we want to vibe with. This is what we're comfortable doing. We don't feel the need to go outside of that. Yeah. Which is why, you know, similar to the last thing of Londo Ray, you know, it'll be interesting to see where their sound goes next. Like, I feel like this third album is kind of defying, like, yeah, I don't know, I heard some dog bark. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Yeah, apparently that dog has some opinions about this album, too, I as guess well. so. Tell me, dog. <laughs> um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they kind of stick with this mellow style or they go, you know, kind of back what they used to do with the more flashy, more elegant. But, you know, it could be just their different place in their lives and want to write something more chill. And 
maybe we'll get something different next time. And I, and I think that's probably what it is. It, it, this one's definitely more focused on the relationship aspect. If the other one was about like yourself and kind of embracing who you really are, this one is definitely like, okay, we've, we've gone through that part. Now it's trying to embrace who I am with another person. Yeah. So, yeah. And I still enjoyed it. I, I still, yeah, definitely. Like, like I said, if, you know, if it was given to me like as, as a vinyl gift, I, w- I wouldn't turn it down. I'd be happy about that. You know, I, I still think they've got a great vibe to them. Um, and yeah, I, it is always interesting though. Whenever I mention Whitney to anybody, what, well, who do you think they always think I'm talking about first? Whitney Houston. Of course. Every single time you're like, Oh, Whitney Houston, she's got a new album. No, it's yeah, she, yeah, her is, hologram. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, it, and that's just so frustrating trying to explain time and time again. But yeah, no, I, it, I, I still really like this band a lot. I really like their vibe quite a lot. Me too. And I'm almost, I'd be curious to see if they end up kind of inspiring other bands to do the same type of sound. So I feel like just Light Upon the Lake is just perfect front to back. I, a fun album so much i really do all right well what are we gonna do next week we're winding down uh you know what that's a really great question i had some thoughts oh you do yes tell me your thoughts um britney howard from alabama shakes put out a solo album which is getting some good hits and good reviews so i figured maybe do that britney howard yep and also you listen to alabama shakes yeah you know what i have yeah i have i have yeah. And then um, Charlie XCX apparently put out a pretty good solo album as well. That's what I've been hearing. Yeah. So I don't maybe, think uh, I've really ever listened to anything from her. Uh, she did a song with Lizzo recently. That's really good. Okay. Yeah. A couple uh, other things. Um, God, was... Everything is out right now, I feel like. Yeah. It, it's it's going to get busier. Danny Brown has an album in October. Very excited to talk Ooh, to you about yep. that. Uh, crud. There was an album. There I listened to album. the Pixies album. Oh, new Pixies yeah. album. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, they're getting back to their old sound and, you know, there's nothing flashy or too, too special about it, but I was just, I was pleasantly surprised. Pleasantly surprised. Yeah. All right. Considering their last album was not very good. Not good. Uh, new Pornographers are coming out with a new album soon. Oh yeah, that's right. I keep on forgetting about that. Uh, man, this is, this is, this is going to bother me. What? No, I, I just... Like there was something, there was something I wanted to, to, um, to play. And I just, why, why can't I find it? <sighs> All right. It, it'll, it'll come to me sometime, somewhere. Oh, Devotchka put out a new album. I think Devandra Banhart put out a new album. Oh, Sandy G or Sandy Alex G. I wanted to listen to that at some point. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I, I heard about that, and I heard that was really good, too. Mm-hmm. See, see, this is the problem, Adam. This is the problem. There's just there's too much. Too much stuff. So much electronic music that I've been listening to lately as well. Yeah. Surprise! <laughs> yeah, give me uh, anyone good? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I will give you somebody here that, I, that I've really actually been enjoying quite a lot. Let me pull it up here. Um, I like special request quite a lot. His his recent stuff that he's been putting out has been really good. He's already put out several albums this year. He's like the King Gizzard 
and Lizard Wizard <laughs> of electronic music. Oh my god. Yeah, he's got another album coming out soon called Off World, which is going to be like electronic music mixed with R&B samples. What? <laughs> Special yeah. who? Special request. Special request. It seems like every album he puts out has a completely different style. Cool. I can dig it. Yeah, you, you can dig it. I, I think you'll like his stuff. Um, you know what? I'm 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 sorry. I'm just drawing a blank, man. I really had something oh, here. Oh, Strugal Simpsons think. coming out with a new album. That's who it was. I ordered that one on. I pre-ordered that one. That's who it was. I would like to talk to you about that album. I liked yep. his last album. I'm oh, hoping so this good. next one is good, too. I like the cover on it, too. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, according to this website, uh, Kanye West album is supposed to drop on Friday. I don't think that will happen. But we will I, see. I mean, you never know anymore with Kanye West. Yep. He was the guy who put out a track that was whoop, whoop, whoop. Do poopity scoop poop. Oh, Angel Olsen. I want to talk about oh, that one, right. too. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes. I am I am a big Angel Olsen fan. Did you see that Jeff Goldblum is making a new album with Sharon Van Etten? That was the other thing people. I want to tell you about. Like, Sharon Van Etten. I like, what? What is going on here? <laughs> Can you imagine that conversation? Like, how did that conversation go down? Sharon, wow. Inquisit to make your apprentice. Thank you. <laughs> wow. You know. I myself am a musician of extraordinary caliber. Yes, let's let's we should extend our jam sessions and play some musical melodies together. Maybe, perhaps. You know, we joke around about him, but if I had the chance to go see Jeff Goldblum play, I would totally do it. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> all <the> Obviously, way. <laughs> all the way, all the way. He he is just something else, man. He's living the best life. He could just play uh, the chopsticks, and I'd be impressed. <laughs> Well, that's pretty much all he played on his recent album. Oh, he did good. Uh, no, he did, but it wasn't anything like yeah. crazy special. Yeah, but still, just to say you saw Jeff Goldblum play with a jazz band. You know. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Sarah Silverman. Hey! <laughs> I hate Sarah Silverman's voice. Oh, no. I don't hate her, but I don't like her voice. She's got this voice. It's just... I talk like this the whole time. Lois? <laughs> like it's not that far off from it. You that know, she was, so... was on Seinfeld. Was she? She was on Seinfeld. Wow. She was Kramer's girlfriend at one point. Like <laughs> that one makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's so great. Like every once in a while when I see some random person who's like big now that was on Seinfeld. It's like, hmm. So that's how they got their start. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's leaving Hulu, right? No, uh, TBS. TBS. The porn yeah. from TBS. It'll, it'll, it'll be on Viacom Networks. It'll be on Netflix. So probably Comedy Central. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Viacom's Comedy Central. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just, I want the show on Blu-ray is really what I want. Yeah. I, I want some high-def Jerry. Give me some high-def Jerry. <laughs> Make Jerry high-def. <laughs> George Jerry. wants to be in high-def. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's high-def Jerry. High-def. <laughs> Hello, high-def. <laughs> uh, these jokes write themselves, folks. <laughs> No high def for you. <laughs> no 4K for you. <laughs> How old is, is Jerry Seinfeld? Huh? How, How old is he? Yeah. This guy I think he's... Is he 60 yet? Uh, yeah, he is. I'm yeah. pretty sure. Yeah. 
Hmm. I'm 65 now. What do I want for my birthday? <laughs> I want a new yacht, but I can't afford a yacht. Hey, Larry, release everything on Blue Way. I want a new yacht. Have you watched the comedians in cars getting coffee yet with the two of them? No, I can't. Oh, my gosh. Do they like secretly hate each other? No, not at all. No. It's actually hysterical. There's a part in there you're going to love. Oh, you're gosh. absolutely going to love. Do they do impressions of each other? No, no. That it's just funny to see. It's just like, and I don't mean to keep on delaying this here. I think one of the things that you and I always talk about is like, we like the process. We like pulling out the record from the sleeve. Mm-hmm. Dusting it off with a little brush, dropping the needle. We like the same thing with our coffee. We like grinding it up there on the spot, smelling the bag, doing the little thing that you do with the water. Yeah, the swirl. Got a <laughs> swirl. Breaking the crust. Like we like the process. And and I think like that's they have a conversation like at one point about that. Where like there really is a difference between drinking coffee and drinking tea Mm -hmm. there there is something different about it yeah tea is very forgiving yes there's no element you're soaking leaves that just diffuse but coffee has so many elements and so many things see see you're gonna you need to watch that episode okay why why have you not watched that episode i don't know come on i guess i got kind of turned off by some of jerry seinfeld's uh old mannerisms i mean look don't get me wrong (laughs) jerry seinfeld is old school but he's old school in that kind of like jerk comedy, you know, yeah. where it's like he's going to make fun of anything and everything and question every single thing. You could tell Jerry like, oh, I, I you know, I really like this food here. Nah, it, it was terrible. Like just that's just the type <laughs> of guy he I is. I not like it. You know, he's I got a comment like for everything. Oh, totally. So, but I mean, he, there wouldn't be much of a show if he didn't. Right. Yeah, of course. So. I, I, I need to know what is the deal with those airline peanuts <laughs> and the shaving blade razor slots in the airplane. Although I, I do think it would be pretty funny if you and I did our own comedians, podcasters in cars getting coffee. Oh, my God. This is a 2014 <laughs> Nissan Altima. Black interior, black exterior. <laughs> I haven't washed it in quite some time, but the shine and smell on it are immaculate. (laughs) (laughs) I'm here to pick up John. Whoa, Adam, you brought the Nissan with you? Yeah. Whoa, I had to match a a car style suitable to my guest today, Mr. John. (laughs) Adam, I'm so tall I can barely fit in here. It's beat up, but still runs, just <laughs> like my podcast co-host. Aww. Aww. Hey. Things you can say about your wife, but not your podcast host. <laughs> <laughs> Things about you can say your car, but not your podcast host. There you go. That's better. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> Ugh, used to sound a lot better back in the day, huh? <laughs> I'm surprised this thing is still cranking out episodes here. (laughs) 
Hey, you do one now. I'm not. I'm not good at these. <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's see. What's something that I could do with the microphone? Uh, I got nothing. Oh, <laughs> I really got nothing. We'll work on your improv next time. <laughs> it, but this is how that dynamic works. You crack the jokes. I'm. I'm the Tommy Lee Jones to your Will Smith. Woo! <laughs> I'm the genie now? All right. <laughs> Not the genie. <laughs> Men in black. All right. <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones is not in Latin. Oh, no. You said I'm Will Smith. So if I'm Will Smith, I get to be the genie. <laughs> That's how that works. You can be the guy in No Country for Old Men, but I get to be the genie. I feel like if there's a podcast genie, it's Conan O'Brien right there. Because he is, after all, the god of podcasts. Yes, he is our god and lord and savior now. But podcasts would not be where they are today if it weren't from Conan O'Brien granting us those three wishes. Him and Ron Burgundy, man. Ron Burgundy (laughs) is just eating up the market right now. Why is that a thing? Why? Uh, Because people like Anchorman. (laughs) That much? Apparently so. I mean... I thought the whole bit of like Anchorman is that it's Will Ferrell and you get to see him acting like a man child. Like if you take that away and you just had the voice, it's just him doing a silly voice for yeah. 30 minutes. Dude, they must do like live videos of it where he's dressed up like Ron Burgundy, right? I don't, like, I don't know anymore. It, like Will Ferrell is one of those comedians where at one point I was just kind of like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> Like, (laughs) not for me anymore. Well, it's just like, I don't know. Like, he just kept on doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Oh, look, here's another Will Ferrell movie where he acts like a grown man, but he's really a man child. And somehow, Stranger Stranger Than Fiction is good. You know what? I've never seen that. You need need to see it. There's a spoon song in it. That's right. Yeah. The book I write. It's just the book I write. Oh, man. Yeah. See, I'm sold. You, have you need to see spoon. it. It's a very good movie. Okay. Yeah. All right. I got to do that then. Speaking of Spoon, they put out a Greatest Hits this this uh, past... Oh, yeah. That's right. ...past couple of months ago. And um, I was tempted to get it because I really like the cover on it. But then I also thought to myself, wait, I've got all these songs on other vinyls. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I would still buy it anyway. I like the band that much. Anyway, I know, I, we're we're just riffing now. We're having a good time, folks. This is this is just what we do. This is this is Adam and I in rare form. Late at night on a Monday, yeah. we did it for y'all because we love y'all so much. Yeah, and we love if you would go on g4dpodcast.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Music, and Spotify, and listen to us, download us, give us a rating. Make sure it's five stars. Yeah, please. We'll only read if it's five stars. No more, no less. <laughs> well, I don't know. iOS 13 came out, so is there a higher rating than uh, five stars? Let's see here. No, but you can view it in dark mode. Finally. Ooh, G for D in yeah. dark mode. Isn't that, isn't, isn't that nice? Dark mode. Well, it only took Apple 10 years to get to this. <laughs> they have swipey keyboard now, too. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Swipe, swipe, swipe. That's another feature I won't use. Yeah, I tried it. It's very awkward. The only problem is you can't, like, or list, unless I'm just dumb, but, like, I swipe, like, hey, but then if I want to do a space, I have to take my finger off and hit the space. Like, I can't do, 
hey, mm. and you know, drag it to space. Yeah, yeah. So, I didn't think about that. Oh, you know, like you know, I tried to spell hi John, and it said Hinton. Interesting. See, like, look, see, H I space J O H N. There are also certain. Now it says Gibbons. <laughs> there are also certain words that you can't say. Like, if I want to try and do this word, like, it just doesn't come up with anything. Decaf? <laughs> oh, you monster. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you speak that name in this household? <laughs> Saboteur! <laughs> oh, man. Well, hey, this is fun, buddy. Cheers to you. Cheers. Cheers to you, Mrs. Robinson. Oh. I'm loopy today. I feel like I'm going to listen to this episode afterwards and be like, man, I, I need some sleep. Or more coffee. Or more coffee. Which Why not will, both? We'll talk about coffee next episode. I have mm. some I have some couple brews that we need to be trying. Ooh. Yeah. To tell. Yeah. I'm excited. Well, I'm always excited to chat with you, buddy. Sorry about the delay, folks. We'll get back to it soon. Yep. With another episode of G4D, a.k.a. Grounds for Discussion. discussion. All right. Grounds Bye. for oh. Discussion. Aaron Neville? What are you doing here? <laughs> oh, is that like Lana? Yeah, I got that was... Grounds for Grounds for what Discussion. Caffeine-induced antics on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the username g4d underscore podcast drop us a line at g4d podcast at gmail.com if you have any music suggestions general questions or business inquiries you can find our podcast on itunes and john and i would super appreciate if you rated and subscribed to our show may your cup and heart always be full of coffee good music and cliche motivational ending sentences thanks <laughs>